0: CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina.
1: Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your hostess with the mostest when it comes to cannabis and hash. I am Dr. Dina. Thank you for joining us. We have a really cool show today. You know, I love talking about hash, my favorite thing to medicate with. And people ask me all the time, you know, they hand me a joint, they ask me if I want to smoke. And these days, I just kind of pass on the weed, you know, pass on the flowers. And it's so funny because that was my thing for so many years. That was my answer to everything. And now that I've gotten a little bit older and I've realized that smoking all of this cannabis, putting all that smoke in your lungs does kind of wear on you over time. And I noticed that I was walking around with a a cough that sounded pretty bad for maybe a year and I didn't like it. And a friend of mine was really into the dabbing culture, dabbing scene, and I was a little scared of it. I'm going to be honest. When I first saw people doing it, it was many, many years ago. I mean, I've always seen people use this stuff, but I've never seen them dab it the way that they're dabbing now on a hot nail and vaporizing the hash. And I was at a meeting with some friends of mine who run a testing laboratory for cannabis, and we were testing all these different types of our cannabis on his machines to find out what their THC and CBD levels were. And he leaned over and asked me if I wanted to take a dab as he took this big rip and dropped some oil on this nail and I was like, oh my god, that looks like you're smoking crack, what's going on? And he kind of chuckled and goes, well, I'm freebasing cannabis. So I'm here I am looking at this guy who just basically admitted that he's freebasing THC. I thought he was nuts, and I would not try this for the life of me. And years went by, and finally a friend of mine who said, Dina, this is really not that bad. It's not scary. Just I'll do one with you. We were in my office, and he had his little dab rig, and he – In fact, it was even funnier. Someone gave me a rig and I didn't even know what to do with it for like three years. It just sat there and I, I was so confused by it. I'm like, it's missing the bowl. I thought it was broken. And finally, my friend came in and goes, you have a great rig. Let's use it. And so he loaded up and I took this little tiny baby minuscule dab and I felt so medicated from this little dab. I had so much more breathing capability in my lungs. I felt like it expanded my lungs as opposed to making me wheeze and cough up phlegm. And after that, I was hooked and I just started only dabbing. And, you know, I don't dab copious amounts of cannabis oil. I think that it's best to do like little dabs throughout the day. You could always add more. It's kind of like cooking, you know, you could add more, but it's kind of hard to take it out once you put it in. So that's kind of like my thing. And when I travel – it's really hard for me to bring glass with me. I mean I do it when I'm in the U.S., but there's certain places, if I'm traveling overseas or I'm traveling in certain places, I just it's a quick trip and I don't want to bring my e-nail because it's awkward and where am I going to plug it in. And if you guys watched my web series Getting High in Jamaica, you can see on one of the episodes we were having a hell of a time trying to find a place to plug in the e-nail on the beach in Jamaica. So that wasn't going so well for us. So the next best thing would to have a travel rig essentially or a vapor pen. Now, I remember about 10 years ago when the very first e-cigarette came out, they were selling them at a cart at the Century City Mall and it was like $400 for the starter kit which was this little pen and these little cartridges that you can put nicotine in and I was like blown away. I thought this was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, this is so cool. How could we put cannabis in this? And – I'm sure there were so many people having the same thought when this first came out and then they were bad, they were they would explode, they were just poorly made and years and years went by and all of a sudden, they came out with a, a better product and everyone started vaporizing their nicotine and with that came, you know, so much change because I would be in a restaurant and I'd look over and someone's vaping their nicotine oil in the restaurant. And by that time, they had pens that you could put cannabis oil. So I would pull out my pen and I would vape my cannabis oil wherever they were vaping their you know, nicotine pen. And it didn't matter to me if it was in Mastro's restaurant, I would do it. And we would create kind of a, you know, a little bit of confusion with the law. And that's a lot of people would say you can't smoke that. You can't smoke it here. You can't smoke a cigarette, but it's not smoke. It's vapor. So where does that line, you know, get drawn in the sand? So finally, years and years and years later, we're starting to get to that point where we're touching upon, you know, how the government is going to start controlling vapor pens. Now, let's back up a little bit because today's guest, they are very well known in the vapor pen space. In fact, I have some... Personal supplies of uh, Dr. Dabbers on my desk right here that I use on occasion when I travel. And if I have to go to, uh, you know, a birthday party or somewhere where it's not really, you know, okay to light up a joint and smoke, well, this is what I do. So I'd like to welcome, we have two very, very important people from the Dr. Dabber crew. We have Pantelis Taliotis, the president, and John Ray Strickland marketing director. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure.
1: This is so exciting. So, tell me about the very, very beginning when you first came up with this concept. Did you kind of walk past a cart at the mall like me and say, oh my god, how do we put weed in this or was it something different?
2: It was actually one of those things where um, my partner is the, uh, the CEO, Jamie Rosen. He was actually a professional poker player And he came across one of these products when, you know, he saw someone using it and he kind of, you know, fireworks went off in his head and he realized, wait a minute, you know, there's something here because as a poker player, he's obviously traveling, he's going around the world, you know, he doesn't have access to all the stuff he would at home. So he bought a couple of them and sold them to his friends and then next poker tournament there were more people like hey man like you have any of those pens and then we thought hey why don't we brand this product and then start working on making it from an oem sort of factory product into what we want it to be and that's kind of how dr dabber was born
1: now did you start with just the simple vapor pen?
2: Yes. Yes. We started our first product was the Doctor Dabber Ghost. It was the standard sort of coil and wick load as you go vaporizer pen for concentrates.
1: And it's interesting. So what happened with I, I remember the first generation everyone had the wicks. Right. And then what happened was that really because those were made for more nicotine products or was that meant well, for cannabis? Because I noticed no so, one uses wicks anymore.
2: Right so i mean the the whole thing about the wicks is it's kind of you know what people's opinions are on the subject i mean obviously we still sell the ghost with the glass fiber wick we think that it is it performs great but there are a lot of people who are misinformed who think there are some health risks associated with using the glass fiber wick so because of sort of word of mouth and this, you know, spreading, all of a sudden everybody wanted a ceramic coil in their atomizer and their in their vaporizer pen. Now, from my sort of experience, the ceramic wicks do not absorb anywhere near as much as the glass fiber wicks. So, you know, in my humble opinion, you know, the glass fiber wick is still one of the best products we sell but you know it's all about what the customer wants and we have to adapt to you know kind of what's what's requested and what people are looking for but that's kind of the reason why you know you you saw that that turn away from the glass fiber wicks
1: right i remember people you know posting things online saying take your pen when they're brand new and try to light them and if it vapes if it vapes and there's nothing in it there's something wrong and i'm like well i don't really know if that's you know the answer but i do know that the the wicks are much better for like a really viscous liquid
2: as Yeah, opposed absolutely.
1: To, you know cuz they're, they're a lot more absorbent exactly and and cannabis a lot of people who don't know this about cannabis oil is that it comes in so many different forms and you have to you, you have to vape them differently depending on what kind of form they are if it's a a hard shatter if it's a you know a goo or if it's a wax or if it's a liquid and you can't put liquid in certain pens, and so it gets really complicated. You have to know your system. And so it's cool that you guys make different products for, for different cannabis products.
2: Absolutely. And the new product, like our Dr. Dabber Aura, which, uh, which we released a couple months ago, actually addresses exactly that. It has three distinct heating elements for three different types of products. So there's one that's better for higher viscosity oils. There's one that's better for lower viscosity oils. And then there's one that's for like a wax or a crumble.
1: That's amazing. And I love the ones that attach to all the glass so you kind of feel like, like you, I saw you have a, like a traveling dapper, yep. like a dab rig. That's amazing. I love it. You don't have to plug it in anywhere?
2: Yeah. No, exactly. It's battery powered. And yeah, you don't need anything except the actual unit itself and obviously the product you're loading. So it's, it's super convenient.
1: I'm going to need to get one of those. Those are super cool. Oh, yeah. I, I have a friend of mine who actually sent me a picture a couple days ago of one of your products. And he was like, like, oh, my God. He's my partner. He's like, we need to get this. Do you know these people? I'm like, actually, yes. <laughs> I'm interviewing them. But he was showing me that you have a heated cutting tool to help people cut their, their hash.
2: That's correct. We, th- this was actually like our little baby. It's been in development for like a year and a half just because, you know, believe it or not, as simple as it seems, getting the correct heat, you know, was actually a lot more difficult than we originally anticipated. So the butter cutter is the, the product you're talking about, and it's exactly that. It's, it's a heated loading tool, heated cutting tool, so that you can heat it up and cut it without actually burning it or vaporizing it. So that's, that's our newest product.
1: That is so cool. I know so many people out there, especially extract artists that are going to definitely need that so they can package up all their cannabis because I have pizza boxes filled with slabs and I just don't know what to do with them because I probably need your tool and I end up breaking the uh, parchment paper every time I do it. So this is a much better way. I'm very excited to check that out. But we're going to have to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. Roll your joints up. Get your dabs. Get nice and hot. We're going to come right back. We'll be joined with Dr. Dabra Crew.
0: Don't go anywhere. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors.
3: previously on the stoner jesus show we do have john mcgavee he's running for the libertarian party nomination for president what makes someone like you want to take the reins of this we're so far behind this fighting, and in a cyber war we can't hack into the chinese back in 1979 they started building cyber defense systems We didn't even think about it until 20 years ago. I've seen no candidates and certainly no one within government capable of dealing with this issue. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches.
0: Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidentials, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Thanks for listening to our awesome
1: sponsors. I'm Dr. Dina, and we're back with the Dr. Dabber crew. So you guys had some interesting information to let the public know about the new regulations for vapor pens. I hear that there's some big news on the horizon.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, it's big news in our industry that the FDA has just come out and said that they're going to start regulating e-cigarettes, namely due to the fact that they're trying to cut down underage use which is you know completely understandable they've seen a rise in you know e-cigarette use in under 18s where they've seen a decline in cigarettes so this is just another sort of regulation that they're going to be doing as you know to catch up to, with technology basically they've regulated the tobacco industry you know once every every 6 to 10 years for the last 30 years so it's not really a surprise But obviously, it did send a a little bit of a shockwave through our industry because a lot of people classify vaporizer pens as e-cigarettes, both for marketing purposes as well as for legal purposes. So it is to be seen what kind of impact it will have on us. But the actual regulation itself is more centered on minimizing underage tobacco use with e-cigarettes.
1: Got it. So... Would that mean that if a, your product's carried at a head shop that they would have to be 21 and over to purchase?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the 18 and over is basically, like, the standard. We don't sell to anyone under 18. Most of our competitors don't sell to anyone under 18, as it is. So, you know, it's the cutoff is, is 18, not 21 for this.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And that's because your product is not loaded with a substance?
2: Correct. Yes. We only sell hardware. So we are an electronics company. Everything we sell is uh, is simply hardware. We, don't del- we haven't delved into any of the uh, liquids or any of the product to actually load into the devices.
1: And I like that because I'm really picky and I want to put my own product in there. So I appreciate that you just make a quality product that we can put what we want in there. And it's not for nicotine. And it's so funny how there's probably more – I feel like there's more pens on the market made for cannabis oil than there are nicotine <laughs> pens. But yeah. I, could be, I could be wrong. And, you know, it's also interesting a fact that I learned a, a long time ago through Snoop Dogg's camp was that we were having this meeting with Sean Parker probably about six, seven years ago. And he was telling us that he had purchased all the factories in China that manufacture the batteries – for all of these pens (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of interesting to see who's you know behind the adult use act in California and what's Mm. in it for them per se you know but I really do believe that children should not have access to cannabis or nicotine products until they're of a certain age but here's the other situation you know I have patients who are 16 years old who have cancer And have permission from their doctor and their parents to use cannabis and so they come in to the dispensaries with their parents with a doctor's letter and at that point are they allowed to purchase your products
2: I mean technically speaking they shouldn't be there are uh, obviously as you know other methods of ingestion other than vaporizing or smoking And, you know, just from a moral standpoint, I think anyone under 18 should probably stay away from, you know, vaporizer pens or any other sort of smoking method and and stick to something like edibles or tinctures or something like that.
1: Got it. Very interesting. Very interesting. So the the complicated thing here is that from all of my experience, when you're going through cancer and if your main issue is nausea and that's what you want to cure – the one thing that helps nausea is either smoke or vapor because you, when you're nauseous, you can't really eat anything. And so that creates a problem. And so that's where I find it fascinating to see what, what's going to happen there because we do have p- patients who choose to do that, even though it's not very much. It's like only in emergency situations because how often can they get, how quickly can they get that much medication into their system as fast as they can, you know, without using a vapor pen or taking a dab,
4: yeah, and that's
1: exactly, really, yeah. exactly,
4: that's the trick. Yeah. And, and we need to elevate the conversation that you just mentioned there with the FDA and, and really show that there's different outlets, and we need to have that discussion and maybe come to those conclusions and, and instead of the regulation that we're seeing looming, I guess.
1: Well, you have the government trying to work on a new inhaler, like cannabis inhaler spray, so, to me, it's the same thing. I don't see the difference between inhaling a pharmaceutical version of cannabis versus inhaling a non-pharmaceutical organic version. But that's just me.
4: Exactly. Oh, for
2: sure. For sure. You're, you're right. And, I mean, you know, with the nauseous thing, you're dead on. Because I've known a, I have know a couple of cancer patients who have been prescribed Marinol, which is the pill, for that exact reason, for nausea and, you know, lack of appetite. And it hasn't worked at all. Right. And do you know how much it
1: is? (laughs) It's like uh, $900 for a bottle. It's ridiculous. It's outrageous.
2: outrageous. And, you know, the the people I mean, you you were talking about underage patients, which is, you know, a separate conversation. But, you know, the people that I knew were of age and, you know, they were able to smoke. And that was the only thing that would work for their nausea and their lack of appetite yet, you know. When they were taking the pill, which wasn't working, that was legal. But when they were smoking the product, it was all of a sudden illegal. So, you know, it's it's the same old sort of story. Like John Ray said, I mean, it's it's definitely a conversation that needs to be taken up with the FDA and they need to understand that, you know, there are exceptions to the rule and there are, you know, specific situations where, where people, you know, do need things that they don't have access to, whether they're underage or out of state or whatever it may be.
4: Yeah, and exactly. We wanted to create a portable vaporizer that's convenient and reliable and potent and effective and, and stylish, but you can use it anywhere stealthily. And, and you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about traveling and, and having your whole rig going with you just doesn't make sense. Now, this low prof- profile use can also translate into that it doesn't need to be a free basing product. It can be something that's portable and accessible to different age groups.
1: Absolutely. In fact, you know, there's so many pens out there and so many of them are shitty. And I took like 10 pens with me out of the country. I won't say what country, so I don't give myself up. But it was not a country that likes cannabis very much. And this was like my survival, you know, for like 10 days. I'm relying on these pens. And within 20 minutes of loading the first pen, the atomizer, the coil just dies. And I'm (laughs) furious. And then the second pen, like, I went through, like, eight brands in literally four hours. And at the end, I had one of your pens, and I had another pen from Puffco, and those were the only two pens that didn't break the entire trip, so kudos to you guys for making a good product, because I'm hard on those suckers, but a lot of those brands, they just break so quickly, and it's such a waste of money.
2: Absolutely, and, and the thing is, is that if you go on Reddit or any of these kind of online forums, you'll see there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you're crazy for paying, you know, $80 for a vaporizer pen. You can buy them from China for $12 or $15. But the fact is, is, you know, like you mentioned us, you know, companies like Puffco, we, we put a lot more time and effort into actually building the product and picking the best possible components and making sure they work properly. So, you know, it's not, it's not sort of an anomaly that, that those were the two units that worked for you. It's just, you know, in this, well, a lot of customers don't understand that in this industry you are buying quality. You're paying for quality.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't want you don't wanna pay for something you're not gonna use, or not gonna like just spend a couple extra bucks and get the good one. I always I always say that. So we're gonna to have to take a short break, but when we come back, I wanna talk about the fact that you guys are sort of like cannabis refugees a little bit because you've left Florida and now gone to Nevada where it is like The gold rush is beginning out there, and it's such an exciting time, and it's so nice to see a state that allows other patients from other states to go into their dispensaries. In California, they don't want that. In any other state, they don't want that, but... In Nevada, if you are a California patient, if you are a Michigan patient, if you are an Arizona patient, they have this lovely little thing, reciprocity, and they will allow you to come in and purchase your cannabis, and then you can pick up a pen and get your groove on. So don't go anywhere. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we'll be joined again with the Dr. Dabber crew to talk about being a cannabis
3: refugee.
0: Cannabis confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors.
3: Northwest Alternative Health, Eugene's premier medical marijuana clinic, is proud to sponsor the Oregon Marijuana Business Conference. Are you prepared for the changes in the recreational and medical marijuana markets? The OMB presents the state's top industry experts, along with over 40 exhibitors, and features a keynote by Dr. Carl Hart. Also, tickets include a celebrity interview and private after-party with the one and only Tommy Chong. Join us Sunday, April 24th at the downtown Eugene Hilton, and be a part of Oregon's fastest-growing industry. Check out OregonMBC.com for more details. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at OrangeHillDevelopment.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilt Radio. All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good pot,
0: that's bad pot. We don't need any of that.
3: The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. world,
0: world. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidentials, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. This
1: has been such a great show. So you guys just moved from Florida, which is so lovely and sunny, yet just hates cannabis, to lovely sunny Nevada. So what is that like?
2: That's good. It's great. We are enjoying the difference. In the, Obviously, there's a lot more going on here. But apart from that, like you said before the break, reciprocity is something that just goes to show you know how accepting this state is. And it just makes sense. I mean, re- reciprocity, if you're legal in one state, you should be legal in any other state that's legal. So, they're very forward-thinking, and we, we feel that every day. You know, the people we meet, the the people we interact with here, I mean, it's just a completely different way of life.
1: It, it is very different, but I do notice a lot of that has to do with the fact that they require you to have such a large bank account in order to open these types of businesses out there. You know, they're really squishing out the little guy, and they really are trying to keep it corporate. And so it's, it's turning a little bit into Colorado, but... I think it's going to be really interesting because right now all the growers haven't really, you know, gotten on par. They're, they're not done. They haven't finished all of their space. So they don't have enough product. So I know that when you go into those dispensaries right now, it's a little disappointing. It's not quite like being in California. I'm spoiled. But mm-hmm. it will get there. We'll get there. Do you guys ever come out to California?
2: Yeah, we do the Cannabis Cup, San Bernardino. We're probably in California four or five times a year.
1: Oh, wonderful. Are you going to be at the High Times Cup this July?
2: Absolutely. We don't uh, we don't miss the Canvas Cup.
1: Awesome. We'll, we'll be seeing you there. This is a very exciting time of year. So where can people find out more information about you guys?
4: John? Well, you can find us on drdabber.com or follow us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. We're very interactive when we go online with our, our passionate crowd. These people want to make sure they're getting a good product that's backed up, and we try to you know, show face online every day. So
1: We love that. So I have a question. Who blows the glass that you guys have? Oh. Those beautiful, like, hives with the bees that you guys sent me. I, they're so pretty.
2: Oh, if, we, if we told you, we'd have to kill you. Oh, well, then <laughs> don't secret. do
1: that. Well, then, will you just no. tell that person I think they're really talented.
2: Yeah, no, they're all made in America, hand-blown, we have two different suppliers one that does the you know decor the adorned honeybee sort of style that you're talking about and then we have a another glass blower in Montana that blows the uh, attachments for the uh, for the vaporizer pens all day every day 40 hours a week so
1: that's so cool. I love that. You guys are just spreading the love, keeping all the business in the US here, getting these guys jobs. It to be a glass blower now compared to what it was 20 years ago, it is a whole new world. Those guys never used to make any money and now all of a sudden they've got a skill that everyone wants to get in touch with. It's pretty cool. My good friend David Labrava from Sons of Anarchy is like my big brother, but he was one of like the original glass blowers in Northern California and it's so funny because he stopped blowing glass and he just got back into it and I took him to a glass show and he knew every glass artist, like people that I, like Eric Crunk, like people I was freaking out about meeting and he's like, oh yeah, he trained me. Oh yeah, I taught that guy how to, gr-. you know, so it's, it's so funny to see that. And now with the vapor pens, the fact that you guys are incorporating it with the glass, I think that's really, really neat. And I think everyone needs to go check it out. Go pick yourself up a Dr. Dapper piece. Where can they buy them? Is it only online?
2: no we're in over 1500 stores across the country we've got distribution in uh, europe switzerland holland england south africa you know so pretty much anywhere
1: man if you guys can't find it you're you're missing out because they sound like they are everywhere so go check them out i think they're great products i know you guys are going to love them Check them out, drdabber.com, and make sure you go and give this five stars. Make sure you share it with your friends so everybody can hear about what an awesome product they have. And make sure you follow me at DrDina420 on Snapchat, on Instagram. My website's DrDina420, and on Twitter, it's just DrDina. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of Cannabis Confidential, and thank you again to my producers for making this show possible, and you guys are awesome, my listeners. I love you. Let's light one up and smoke it right now, because I am out.